Here comes the sun. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit on Your Community Radio. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Treesong. And it does feel like winter has started. Winter is coming. But it just, the countdown, we have about one more month to the countdown to the shortest day, and then the days get longer. Yeah. And so I was actually just interviewed about how um, solar still works in the winter because, you know, photovoltaics is Latin. It means electricity from light. And it literally means as long as there's light out, you're making electricity. Yeah. So. And there are actually times in the winter when it gets clear and really sunny, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, um, pretty much all of this week has been that way. Yeah. So, So now do we have more sunny messages Yes, we do. But first, let's bring some cloud and gloom and doom because, you know, that's our motto. <laughs> it's gloom and doom with just enough sense of humor to slather your brain. Yeah. Did you know that was our slogan? I think we just made it up. No. <laughs> it's been that way for a long time. Yeah. COP23. At least 15 countries join anti-coal alliance in a defiant message to Trump. At least 15 countries have joined alliance against coal use at the ongoing United Nations climate change negotiations taking place right now in Bonn, Germany. Called the Powering Past Coal, the alliance was started by the UK, Canada, and then this little island that's been really pushing real hard, the Marshall Islands, because they say, hey, we're going to be underwater. Yeah, they're going to sink, so... International climate lead at Christian Aid Lead, Mohamed Addo, told Reuters that the alliance is a rebuke to President Trump from the UK and Canada, two of America's closest allies, that his obsession for dirty energy will not spread. It's it's like it's a disease. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. they're, they're practicing containment of the disease, you know. Current members also include Denmark, Finland, Italy, France, the Netherlands, Portugal, Belgium, Switzerland, New Zealand, Ethiopia, Mexico. But the goal is to sign up at least 50 countries by the 2018 UN Climate Summit. Yeah. Now, this isn't even talking about all the U.S. states and cities. I mean, there's the, you know, 100% renewables a hundred cities going a hundred percent renewables campaign going on. Yeah, and so that's yeah. it's like from the inside and the outside they're getting opposition to this whole go with coal plan. Now, major coal users like China, the U.S., Russia, and Germany. Wait a second, we're lumped in with a bunch of <laughs> what did I say? Neo-fascist, horrible? No, I don't know. Is that a bad word? <laughs> I'm trying to come up with like a really bad bunch bad of countries. Bad words we're lumped in with. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, they haven't joined. Uh, they haven't joined yet. I wouldn't be surprised if the U.S. is literally the very last one to join. <laughs> Though China has put forward an ambitious plan for solar energy, as has India, the alliance appears to be a thinly veiled. 
it doesn't seem very thin. Yeah. <laughs> Just like... They said his name in the announcement. So it's <laughs> uh, critical response to the current administration of Mr. They're calling him Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump. <laughs> but this is an article from the UK. Yeah. So the announcement comes on the heels of an event. The, U- the official U.S. delegation, half the size of it, what it has been in the two previous Obama administrations, held on Monday. Industry representatives from coal, oil, gas, and nuclear companies like Peabody Energy, based here in St. Louis, nuclear energy firm New Scale Power, and Tellurian, that that almost sounds like a futuristic (laughs) energy space company. Yeah, like aliens or something. They're a liquefied natural gas exporter, were prominently featured during the event. The presentation was interrupted by nearly 10 minutes by youth activists chanting and singing. Yeah. So, right now, during the United Nations climate change negotiations taking in place in Bonn, Germany. Yeah, which are actually going on and aren't getting much coverage in the U.S., but it's happening. In other news, this was a big downer, uh, well, a big rise, I guess. Global CO2 emissions to hit record high in 2017. The world is on its way to record high carbon emissions in 2017, after three straight years in which human-caused emissions appeared to be leveling off, new research shows. Now, I wish I were in the, you know, the betting market, because I, I would have bet that they were going to continue rising. They sort of leveled a little bit for three years, but this year is going to be another surge. The projected 2% increase in emissions this year adds urgency to the U.N. climate talks this week in Bonn, where 197 countries are negotiating how to implement the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement to slow global warming. And the U.S. is kind of trying to throw a wrench in it. <laughs> Quote, Did you just say they're a monkey wrench in it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like with, with their panel on fossil fuels. Just like it should really say 196 countries are negotiating and one country is thumbing their nose at all the other ones. So, quote, there's not much time left to cut emissions and keep warming below 2 degrees Celsius, let alone 1.5 degrees, said Corinne LeCaire, director of Tyndall Center for Climate Change Research at the University of East Anglia, who led the emissions research presented Monday in Bonn. The aim of the Paris Agreement is to keep the global temperature rise well below 2 degrees Celsius over pre-industrial times. For that to happen, studies have shown that emissions must peak within the next decade and then decline to net zero. So we're currently rising again, and by the end of the decade, it has to peak and start going down. The new figures may be disappointing after hopeful speculation that emissions were already peaking, but not entirely unexpected. The region with the biggest projected surge in 2017 emissions, about 3.5%, is China, where consumption increased according to the study. Now, I always like to point out that one of the reasons why China has high consumption of coal is because they produce a large amount of goods which they export to the U.S. So even though that's not on the books as our emissions, you know, they're making a lot of emissions to sell us cheap plastic stuff and, and, and to power their homes, you know. So the research suggests U.S. coal consumption is also up slightly this year, but it projects that overall emissions from the U.S., currently the number two emitter behind China, will drop by 0.4%, due in part to a shift to natural gas and renewable energy. A major shift to renewable energy. Yeah. India's emissions are projected to grow about 2%, down from over 6% growth per year during the last decade. So here's a quote. 
Our expectations had always been that emissions would grow, but perhaps not as steeply as this, Lecure said. What the countries have said they were going to do in Paris is that the emissions will continue to grow by about 1% per year until about 2030. But that's not in line with limiting the global temperature increase to less than 2 degrees Celsius. That's why we have to increase our ambition for greenhouse gas cuts. So yeah, we're reaching that point where people who supported the Paris Climate Agreement said, oh, we'll make a small promise now and we'll, we'll up it later, you know. <laughs> but now is the time to increase those pledges, otherwise... We miss the deadline and we get two degrees of warming. Well, I mean, why don't they just pledge to do stuff and not do it? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. been historically the case. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe they're afraid with the Internet. People will know what they pledge now. <laughs> they don't like, want to pledge too high. Just like um, it's sort of a bargaining tactic, though, like a shady bargaining tactic. You pledge less than you can actually do. And then people push you and you're like, well, I guess I'll do a little more. I mean, it's 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 scary. I mean, it's. I mean, the idea that w- somewhat tempting to be complacent, I mean, we literally have to cut emissions in half by the next decade and again in a half by the next two decades after that to just be able to survive as a human species. Yeah. So um, So it's a pretty big deal. You know, 2% doesn't seem like a lot to some people, but when, it's, when you're trying to rapidly decrease your emissions and then it goes up 2%, the math makes that very difficult to amend. Well, let's talk about another number. California will get half of its electricity from renewables by 2020. Wait a second. Isn't it like 2018 right now? <laughs> yeah, 2018. I mean, it's like that's just a couple years from now. Yeah. The U.S. fight against climate change hasn't actually made much proce- progress recently. Just this week, for instance, the Trump administration spent its time at the U.N. Conference on Climate Change in Bonn praising the benefits of coal. But there actually is one bit of good news. A report released on Monday from the California Public Utilities Commission shows that the state will get half of its electricity from renewable energy sources, including wind and solar, very soon. By 2020, to be exact a full decade ahead of schedule. In late 2015, Governor Jerry Brown signed landmark legislation regulating the state's energy sources, setting a 2030 deadline to get half of the state's electricity from renewables. What he didn't expect was that last year, each of the state's three largest utility companies, known as investor-owned utilities or IOUs, They don't allow you to do an IOU, but that's what they're called. No IOUs for you. Would exceed the intermediate goal of achieving 25% renewable energy by 2016. California's largest utility company, Pacific Gas and Electric, PG&E, alone sourced nearly 33% of its electricity demand from renewable sources, including solar, wind, and geothermal energy. In the past two years, California's law sparked a wave of new solar power plants and wind farms across the state. As a result, the price of solar energy dropped, according to the report, by 77% between 2010 and 2016, from $127.55 per megawatt hour to $29.17 per megawatt hour. Similarly, The price of wind dropped by 47% in 2010 to $1.25 per megawatt hour in 2016. 
in the same time period. Quote, we've got to realize that we are here today because of oil, oil and gas to a lesser extent, coal, Brown said back in 2015. What has been the source of prosperity has become the source of our ultimate destruction if we don't get off of it, end quote. Now, California isn't the only state setting renewable energy targets. In fact, 29 states have adopted renewable energy portfolio plans so far, though few are as ambitious as California's. Illinois, for -hmm. example, has pledged to reach 25% renewable energy by 2025. Hawaii has pledged to reach 100% renewable energy by 2045. And Vermont is aiming to reach 45% renewable energy by 2032. Illinois is on the map for something good. But wait a second. Isn't Vermont like covered with trees? I mean, it's like (laughs) more towards the north. So they're being very ambitious. Yeah. But wait a second. Illinois is in there. How'd that happen? (laughs) We accidentally did something good. (laughs) Um, I was actually, I'm trying to think what day it was. On Wednesday, up in Champaign at the IBW, the International Brotherhood of Electric Workers, uh, it was a statewide uh, seminar for all the trainers that train electricians. Mm -hmm. And um, they just got a $3 million um, grant to put training facilities on um, every union hall and or training center in the state. And, of course, train all the trainers to train the electricians. Yeah. Because um, under the Future Energy Jobs Act, they expect and w- we will need about 2,000 new solar installer jobs. Yeah. And so, I mean, major ramp up in solar in our state. Yeah. Um, Illinois is going solar. Yep. <laughs> the only thing I'm worried about is we'll get uh, developers come from out of state develop something and then leave and then there's no guarantee that it'll continue to operate long term yeah so we just have to watch it that's all make sure we have good policies in place and good um, companies to make sure that it stays operational yeah because i mean solar modules do have a 25 year warranty but that means it's wired correctly (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's got to be wired correctly it's got it yeah (laughs) so all right so I'm actually going to jump to this one that I read just before coming to the station, an, an extra story. Are you going to make me sing the next one? Oh, yeah, you'll have to sing the next one. <laughs> but this one is, the Norway's idea to exit oil stocks is a shot heard around the world. Norway's proposal to sell off $35 billion in oil and gas stocks brings sudden and unparalleled heft to a once grassroots movement to enlist investors in the fight against climate change. The Nordic Nation's $1 trillion sovereign wealth fund said Thursday that it's considering unloading its shares of Exxon, Royal Dutch Shell, and other oil giants to diversify its holdings. Did it say they're thinking about it? It says they're thinking about it, so it hasn't actually done it yet, but it made an official public announcement. Uh, The Norges Bank Investment Management would not be the first international investor to back away from fossil fuels, but until now most have been state pension funds, universities, and other smaller players that have limited their divestments to coal, tar sands, or some other of the dirtiest fossil fuels. Norway's fund is the world's largest equity investor, controlling about 1.5% of global stocks. If it follows through on its proposal, it would be the first to abandon the sector altogether. So that's huge news. We will report on it again if and when they actually do it, but 
merely announcing it sent uh, some stock prices tanking. So, <laughs> you know, uh, oil is on its way out. Let's see. Yeah, I'm going to have to order this Seattle Labor Chorus so we can sing Oil for the World. It's a holiday song. So I, I, I had bought four of those CDs, but I gave them away to people, I guess. So um, I, would, I wish we had a recording of this. A group of musically inclined climate activists interrupted an event with a protest song to the tone of God Bless the USA. Yeah, and there is actually a recording at the link. Um, so, singing protesters, yeah, they interrupted. And this is the presentation we talked about earlier at the COP23. Uh, the Trump administration's people were giving a fossil fuels conference, and they got interrupted. The Trump administration gathered a group of mostly fossil fuel executives for a panel promoting coal, natural gas, and nuclear at the United Nations Climate Talks in Bonn over the weekend. Topic of discussion, ironically enough, the role of fossil fuels in mitigating climate change. So yes, a group of musically inclined climate activists interrupted the event with a protest song, and it was to the tune of God Bless the USA. Protesters sang for around 10 minutes in front of a banner that read, We the People. Members of Sustain US, Sustain Us, posted pictures of the demonstration on social media afterwards. It all ended on another raucous note when Amy Goodman of Democracy Now! asked the panel a simple yes or no question. Do you support President Trump's decision to withdraw the U.S. from the Paris Agreement? Most of the panelists tried to dodge the question, but when Lenka Collar, Director of Business Strategy for New Scale Power, said she didn't support leaving the agreement, the crowd erupted in cheers. So they got at least one of the panelists who were there on behalf of the Trump administration to say, they did not support the Trump administration leaving the agreement. Well, I went back and forth on this video online. And it's... So that was actually pulled up and it's an over an hour and it's an hour and 15 minute video of the conference. And right in the middle of the conference, these young people stood up and started singing that. Yeah. It's actually, let's see, uh, 35 minutes into this hour and 15 minute video. And they're all dressed in suits and ties and stuff, you know, so they... I guess you could say infiltrated the conference and then stood up and sang that very powerful 
song. If you would like a link to that, please send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we will email you that. Yeah, and then most of the people left that committee meeting, too. Like they, There were more people who left the room than stayed in the room. Uh, afterwards, oh yeah. <laughs> they, so I wonder if that influenced the one panelist admitting that uh, they didn't think we should pull out of the agreement. But I mean, it's very interesting to me that the you know the, the U.S. actually organized uh, a panel at the climate change conference about how um, coal is. Um, mitigating climate change yeah (laughs) that's actually worse than not showing up you know it's one thing if you don't show up it's like instead you show up and you say things that are counterproductive but i mean looking at this video the room is very small yeah so i mean um but there was a lot of cameras in the back so yes it's very small but they had got a lot of press and then you know these people to break in the middle and sing a very strong protest song about how you're not being American if you're killing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So let's get into some of these holidays and happenings. Today is Electronic Greeting Card Day. Now, who do you think created that day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also Homemade Bread Day. Ooh, I would like a greeting card written on a piece, on a loaf of bread. <laughs> loaf of bread, Well, yeah. I, for me, it'd have to be gluten-free, but now that's asking a lot. <laughs> yeah. All right. That'd be a very special card. Well, it's also take a hike day, so if I ask you that, just call me <laughs> up and say, hey, or take a hike. But it's World Peace Day, so we won't want to fight about it. Yeah. Hey, I tied those all together pretty good, huh? You did. Saturday is National Adoption Day and Occult Day. So should we adopt an, occ- <laughs> an occultist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, have a bad, no, why is there a day for this? Have a bad day day on Sunday. Well, you might as well have one every once in a while. I mean, Monday is Absurdity Day and Beautiful Day and Universal Children's Day. Coming up is Go for a Ride Day, Eat a Cranberry Day, and also National Cashew Day, National Espresso Day, and National Taiwan On Day, which also happens to be Thanksgiving. <laughs> Just like. All right, so some of the months we have here, it's it's Child Safety Protection Month. Let's see, National Adoption Awareness Month. Oh, National Caregivers Appreciation Month. That's a big one. National Diabetes Awareness. National Epilepsy. Uh, is it in this, or was it last month or this month? That is, like, National, I think it was National Awareness Month because there are so <laughs> many awareness months around this time of year. So it is the month of being thankful and I wanted to know if anybody would be willing to go to our Facebook page, Your Community Spirit, and write something that they were thankful for. If you would do that, I do have a couple of really good books that the publishers have given us, and I could give you one. So, what are you thankful? Well, I'm thankful I have a book to give you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thankful for my mother. My mother has taught me, my mother and father has taught me that... I am not better than others, and it is very worth it to help other people. That's a good lesson. And I'm thankful for the listeners, too, who are listening and possibly telling us their thanks. So let's see. We have coming up, Help the Hungry, going on in November throughout Carbondale. 
The CWS Carbondale Changemakers will work for food donations to local pantries. Do you have a small project you need completed in October or November for a small donation of food or cash to the local food pantries? We do the raking and you do the baking. That's a catchy slogan. So they will wash windows, winterize windows, clean houses, pick up gumballs, do painting projects. The homeowner provides the supplies needed and they bring a talented workforce to do the job. To schedule the team to take care of your home or business, you can contact 618-534-8103 or email brobinson at cwsc.com. A free film and discussion, Little Wounds Warriors, tonight, 7 to 9 p.m. at the Flyover Social Space. Join this Flyover Social Space, the Big Muddy Crew, and the Southern Illinois Immigration Rights Projects for a free film with discussion to follow, hosted by Little Wounds Warriors director uh, Seth McCullen. Maybe I said that right. Probably not. Little Wounds Warrior is winner of the Best Public Service Award at the 41st Annual American Indian Film Festival. What? Our town mm-hmm. is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, not only are we going to have the, the, the winner of the American Indian Film Festival played here, but the director will be here. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. In this film, Native American high school students born and raised on South Dakota's Pine Ridge Indian Reservation are the focus of this complex and hopefully hopeful portrait by Chicago filmmaker. These young hares to Lakota warriors fight personal battles in the face of poverty. Yes, um, I forget. It's over 50% unemployment on the Indian Reservation. Mm. Um, the historical wrongs have visited upon their people. And their school's ominous epidemic of teen suicide. An intense love for the windswept vistas of the Badlands, underlied by the film's evocative cinematology. Cinematograph. I can't say it. Yeah, cinematography. <laughs> I did say it, kind of. Supports their expressed newfound passion for pre- preservation of their ancient language and heritage in English and Lakota with English translation. All right. That is tonight, 7 to 9 p.m. at the Flyover Social Space. Sounds like a great time. Also this weekend, free again wildlife rehabilitation, Kestrel. This is coming up on Saturday at 2 to 3 p.m. over at the Science Center. They're welcoming their friends from free again wildlife rehabilitation to the Science Center. And Miss Beverly will feature this fantastic falcon. And uh, the presentation is included with the mission to the Science Center. And the fun kicks off at 2 p.m. Now, I didn't catch what kind of bird it was, but just coming over here, I saw a giant, uh, a giant bird with amazing wingspan. But it was far enough away that I couldn't tell. But there are some amazing birds here in southern Illinois. Now, I do want to um, say there's two events at Johnny Logan Community College tomorrow, 9 to 4. One of them is my solar class. I'll be teaching solar knowledge from 9 to 4, but there's also put the, po- what is it, PTSD, the Post Traumatic Stress Disorder Seminar and Conference put on by This Able Vet, thisablevet.com for more information, 
Both of those are nine to four at Johnny Logan Community College. All right, and tomorrow. we've got tomorrow. Yes, and we've got time for one last one here: the New Humanist Forum, the case against war. What Americans need to know about foreign policy. This is coming up on Sunday from twelve fifteen to one thirty at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. The United States has been at war for 16 straight years in Afghanistan with no end in sight. In 2016, it dropped 26,171 bombs on seven countries. What? And it's trillions of dollars of spending, you know, inflicting of death and massive human suffering on millions of people. Why do people like us? I mean, we dropped 26,000 bombs. Uh, I bet at least a few people in those countries don't like us because of that. Uh, But... It's something that's often in the background here in the U.S. because the bombs aren't landing on us. So this is an opportunity to talk about the case against war. You know, why it might be a good idea to not actually drop 26,000 bombs on the world. So that's Sunday at 12.15 to 1.30 at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. Well, you have been listening to Your Community Spirit, available online at yourcommunityspirit.org. You may email us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we can send you our newsletter, basically everything we talked about today, including lots of links and videos and pictures. Thank you for listening. This is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. Say bye-bye. <laughs> See you. waves bye-bye. <laughs> All right. This is WDBX 91.1. Your Community Radio.